I'm Amanda Wagner, a business strategist, coach, and professional speaker. And I'm Liz Pittman, a digital communications specialist. The Amanda Wagner podcast is the place for ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs who are done shopping for shortcuts, no longer waiting for an invitation to do what they want, and are ready to claim their spotlight. On this podcast, we talk about the challenges and triumphs of ambition and bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically in a noisy world, and share our experiences as entrepreneurs with big ambition. In this episode, we revisit one of our most popular episodes and talk about professional envy, what it means and why it just doesn't go away. We examine the root emotion connected to envy and jealousy, and I share my take on compare and despair and why worst case scenario thinking can actually help you get what you want. And in WWAWD, or what would Amanda Wagner do? We answer Ella's question about asking for people's time when you feel like you have nothing to offer in return. One of our most listened to episodes is episode 11 from back in 2020, where we talk about professional envy and encourage you to write out what you want so that you pay more attention to what matters to you. So that when you're looking at others, you feel less of an urge to have what they want just because they have it. The idea is that you stay in your own lane or keep your eyes on your own paper, whatever metaphor works for you. Whether we like it or not, we get caught comparing ourselves to others. If you are in a social space, online, in person, it is kind of an inevitability. We're social creatures. And right now, in order to connect with others, we're on Zoom calls, social media, and creeping to see what other people are doing. And we are back to talk about it again today because surprise, surprise, as you grow and change, and if you have a business, as your business grows, these feelings don't just go away. In some ways, they're amped up because now you're looking at different things and different people and comparing yourself in other ways. In a recent conversation with my therapist, shout out to Meg, who has amazing boundaries and will never hear this because there are very clear (laughs) rules that we are not friends. We do not talk on social media. It is a client expert relationship. Uh, I went to Meg and said, I want to talk about jealousy. Even though I am doing things that matter to me, I'm working towards what I want. I have been feeling these little twinges of envy. When we talk about envy, it's about wanting what somebody else has. I'm looking at it and I'm wanting it. And it doesn't mean I want something bad for the other person or that I don't want them to have it, but it means that I want it. And she directed me to this beautiful feelings chart that brought me to five core feelings. We're talking about happiness, sadness, fear. As soon as she hit fear, I was like, oh, that's it. My envy comes from a place of fear. She brilliantly asked me, what are you afraid of? When these feelings of envy come up, what are you afraid of? And that's the question that shook me. Before I go into too much detail, Liz, a year after our first episode talking about professional envy, I want to know what's your experience of envy like right now? So I had to go back and listen to episode 11 because I couldn't remember what I had said. Turns out I feel pretty similar now to how I did then. I am not a super envious person. Sometimes social media highlights get me wishing for something, 
but that feeling doesn't usually last too long for me. Honestly, and this is pandemic realness, I think I'm really not feeling envy now because I'm too tired to feel envious. I have other things that I need to focus the limited give a shit that I have. (laughs) I have to focus on other things. So maybe that means I'm envious of people who seemingly have it together. But also, if I'm grasping for a reason to be envious, it can't be that strong of a thing for me. So that's where I'm at right now. Episode 11 LP wasn't super envious, but I think I'm, I'm in a similar state, but also because like I just don't care enough to be envious. I'd rather focus on other things. Whatever you're doing is working for you because I cannot say the same. And I am feeling envy because I'm looking at so much more that I want. I'm a constant climber. And when I was asked, what am I afraid of? I started making a list. I spent some time there. So even though you may not connect with these ideas personally, you and I know each other well enough. And I imagine our listeners must know somebody in their lives, if it's not them, that experiences this sense of envy. And when it comes to fears, my biggest fears are that somebody else's success takes away from mine, that it will take too long to get what I want, that if somebody else has the opportunity, it's gone. It's old news. It's been taken, that it's going to somehow be boring, that if I am invited to do a TED Talk, by the time I get there, people are going to be tired of TED Talks and it's not going to matter anymore. And so even though I can rationalize my way out of these, and I know that somebody else's success did not take away from mine, I still feel it. Liz, what else do you think other people might be afraid of? Or what do you think, I'm going to open it up, what else do you think I might be afraid of that I haven't paid attention to yet? Well, I think that, and this first one doesn't apply to you. Because I think you've you've got this one. But I think something that people might be afraid of is not finding the thing that lights them up, not finding the job, the path, that idea of feeling lost and, and seeing other people being super pumped and super excited and super passionate about a thing and then feeling like, I don't know what my thing is and I worry that I'll never get that. I think that that might be uh, a thing that people deal with. Another thing is I think people are afraid to look foolish. I think people tend to not go for what they want or say it out loud because they are fearful of how they'll be thought of. And it's an easy thing to say, oh, just go for it. But that can be a real source of fear and it can be a really intimidating thing for people. So on one side, not having the thing or not knowing what lights them up. On the other side, knowing what that thing is but being fearful and being scared of looking foolish and not going for it. Those are the two things that kind of came up for me with this question. And that's a fascinating because those are two very different sides, right? My envy can come from this person has their big idea. They know what platform they're on and they're speaking out for it. And I don't have that. The other fear is, so if I do speak out, if I do pull out this message and share it with the world, I might be perceived as blank. 
right? It's not a good enough idea. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the experience. So I think we're really quick to discount the ideas that we do have. And let's be honest, I've shared on the podcast before, one of the first times that I said out loud to a business coach, I want to be at the scale of Oprah and to have her laugh at me. Of course, my instinct was to turtle in and be like, maybe I shouldn't share that with people because if that's the reaction I'm going to get, then I need to keep my mouth shut because I'm setting myself up to be laughed at. The compare and despair language is so true and it hits me in the guts. The idea of comparing yourself to somebody else and then it creates this dread, this despair, this what's the point, they're doing it, therefore there's not space for me. I had to change the compare and despair language because I realized that if I am envious of something or someone and I want it for myself, I have to find a way to get it. Insert, compare, and declare. You have it, I want it. It is my turn to act and figure out how to get it. And of course, this comes back to don't ask, don't get. I stand by the belief that the hardest part of asking for what you want is knowing what you want. And that the big work that we have to really do is to pay attention to what do we want. And sometimes that comes from looking at what other people have. I am seeing in in the thought leadership space, in the self-help space, I'm seeing some things that have me a little bit disenchanted with the industry right now. I have been questioning in the self-help world, is this a space that I really want to play in? Because it can be a little bit ugly and there is far too much misinformation And do I really want to associate myself in that, in that space? And so looking at some of these people with a more critical lens, it's making me figure out what do I actually want? How do I want to make sure that my presence is different? If you are somebody that's heard, don't ask, don't get, and are struggling to ask for something, I'm your person right? In my corner of the internet, we figure out how to ask for what we want. Maybe it's an introduction to somebody. Maybe it's space or time. Maybe it's a connection to a group, to a community. But what matters most is that you know you want it. And the more that we're able to talk about it and get comfort sharing it, we can find our people and figure out how to get there. Earlier this week, I was able to to meet with somebody and I said, I know you know these people. The time isn't now, but eventually, would you be willing to give me an introduction? And she said, absolutely. Tell me when. So I know that that is ready. The second I'm ready to get that introduction, I already have somebody lined up for it. We are a community of askers. And therefore, we're a community of getters. We are people who get things. When I work with people who are afraid of asking or who have never even considered asking before, I often say, what's the worst case scenario? And we go there. What is the worst thing that could happen if you asked somebody for help, for an opportunity, for a job, for more money? Most of the time, The worst case scenario is rejection or silence. So I ask somebody for what I want and I don't hear back from them. Is it that bad? 
right? You're in the same place that you started. Liz is laughing here alongside with me because when I, when I talk about the worst case scenario, it sounds very trite. So I asked somebody, can you introduce me to this person? And they say, no, I'm not comfortable. And I go, okay, great. Move to the next thing. I can always find somebody else to ask. What matters more is the practice of figuring out what do I want? Who do I ask? And then if, when you get the opportunity, it's how do I use this in a thoughtful, meaningful way to help me get what I want while respecting the person or the institution that is giving it to me? LP, how do you see compare and declare or don't ask, don't get in action? Well, I am lucky enough to also hang out in AW's corner of the internet, so I see quite a bit of it. The DMs are a delightful place to be with stories of people getting what they want. I'm a wholehearted believer in don't ask, don't get, or D-A-D-G in my life as well. I have got clients because of it. I have got meetings because of it. I have the teaching gigs that I have now because I went for it. The only thing I needed to do was ask if there was an opportunity for new teachers to come on board. And what do you know? There was. Uh, so I have a lot of the pieces of my career and the business that I've built now. I have a lot of those pieces because I asked. How this connects, and I'm going to share something incredibly personal, is that we are seeing people get what they want. We're seeing don't ask, don't get in action. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, my clients are getting amazing results. What about me? So I, of course, want all of us to be able to rise together and compliment each other and celebrate each other's successes. And seeing their success drives me to want more too. So that envy is connected to don't ask, don't get, because anytime I feel that twinge of envy, I can go, okay, but they're taking action and I'm not. That's the difference. I've been helping them ask, but I'm not helping myself ask for more. So I sent out a newsletter a couple of weeks ago, citing some of the amazing successes that I'm seeing. I have a client who is going to be visited by one of the dragons on Dragon's Den because she invited her. She asked her out and said, come and join me. I have another client who asked a big time CEO to speak to a collective of makers. And the CEO said, yes, of course, let's find a date. So I'm seeing asking and getting in action. And so this is where I look inward and I go, okay, what am I afraid of? Where This envy that I'm feeling, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid that all the opportunities are taken up? Well, I know that's not true. Am I afraid that my clients are going to somehow move forward and go and do great things and I'm not? Well, absolutely not. I want my clients to do amazing things. So what the fear is, is just coming back to, well, my fear is that they're asking and getting and I'm being left in the dust, but it's because I'm not asking. So this is another moment of leveling up going, if I'm encouraging other people to ask, this is my opportunity to ask. My hope is that when we talk about challenging, crunchy feelings like envy and jealousy as connected to fear, we can start to normalize this feeling and acknowledge it to figure out a way to move past it. I don't want anybody to be sitting and having these crunchy feelings of envy and jealousy and not doing anything about it. 
if you don't do anything about it, they're just going to continue to build and build and it's going to start to feel suffocating, right? And that envy is just going to take over as opposed to what could be maybe a driving factor or a reason to make a change to compare and declare. You don't want it to get to a point where there's so much envy, you don't know where to turn. Right. Or it be in this state of resentment where I no longer want to look at what people are doing on Instagram or celebrate their successes because it just makes me this shell of a human that just, I imagine like sitting in my basement growling and being like, ah, stupid person getting all this great things. They're so lucky not realizing that they're getting what they want because they're asking for it. So when we, when we drill it down to what are you afraid of to me, it really shines a big old flashlight on if I'm afraid of these things, how am I going to work past it? And when I talk about asking and getting, I'm not talking about manifestation. I'm specifically talking about asking, finding the person, sending the pitch email, sending the DM to a stranger, figuring out what you want. And my job here is to say, A, you're normal and I get it. You're not the only one who's experiencing this. And by talking a little bit more openly about it, we get to find new perspectives. So for example, even between Liz and I, I'm a jealous, envious person and you aren't. So having these conversations helps me see different perspectives, especially knowing that one of my biggest fears is around, oh, what am I going to, what are people going to think if I do this? And you're going, guess what? People aren't paying that much attention to you. So by being open about it, I can actually diffuse some of the feelings, some of the nastiness that it creates. And that's why our community is so wonderful because we see these conversations play out on Instagram all the time and in the replies that you get to your newsletter, right? So I just, this is the the easy way to, to move into getting people to share on Instagram as part of this episode, because this is, we have such a wonderful opportunity to have these conversations. We really do. And I also want to, this is an opportunity to put out if one of the fears or something that holds you back from sharing or from celebrating is this perception piece. This is an explicit invitation to share your wins with me. In my household, Robin and I are funny people and we mix metaphors and we think it's cute. And we've also gone a little bit weird with COVID. Every Friday, we have a segment in our home called Toot Your Tires, where we mix the metaphor of tooting your own horn, pumping your own tires. We call it Toot Your Tires. And so every Friday, we sit down and we go, all right, to your tires. What did you do so well at this week? What are you proud of? What are we celebrating? And this is something that I've actually started with some of my clients who really struggle to celebrate what they're doing well, or they don't like the idea of showing off. They feel like they're being braggy. And I'm like, come to our community and brag. Just the other day, I got an impromptu Instagram message from a client who said, I just got my first design client with my new business and I'm here like celebrating. I get the phone call. I got a phone call last week saying my product was picked up by urban outfitters. And this person is so excited over the moon. They call me and then say, okay, I have to go call my husband now. Like I'm getting that call because I am such an advocate of celebrating. (laughs) 
That's amazing. I love that people are calling you before they call their partner. I love it. It's it because I I'm creating this space where it is safe to celebrate. I think it counts. So I I want you to take any of this envy, this jealousy, these feelings that you're not doing enough and instead start asking for more and when you get more, come here to celebrate. So I feel us starting a regular segment on Fridays going to your tires. This is your chance. Whether you want to be outspoken or anonymous about it, I really believe we have to celebrate our wins because it helps us do more. It helps us do better. And one of the, the pieces of language I've been using over and over again is if you have made it this far, you must be doing something right. So this is a space where I want you to celebrate. Here's what I'm doing right. Here's what I'm doing well that's working for me. So please join us on Instagram. I want to know what are your feelings around envy and jealousy? And we're going to post something that helps you toot your tires because I want to scream about your success from the rooftops, even if you aren't there yet, even if you aren't comfortable doing it. I want you to feel like you have a champion in me. Today's WWAWD, or What Would Amanda Wagner Do? All about don't ask, don't get. This question's from Ella, who says, as a student, I've been doing a lot of networking to connect with people within my desired industry. The trouble is, I feel guilty asking for their time without being able to offer anything in return. But as a student with less experience, I don't know what I can offer them. Do you have advice for how I can help these people who are being kind enough to take time out of their day to help me? Great question. I love this question. And Ella, I know that you are a listener. In one of my previous episodes, I talked about my frustration with the question, can I just pick your brain? Because I'm a believer in making sure that you can offer that person some value if you're asking something from them. What I'm hearing here is that you are underestimating what you can provide. The fact that you are a student tells me that you are in a space of learning and connecting dots and you're willing to try a lot of things to figure out the space that you want to exist in and where you do your best work. So in order to drop the guilt about asking for somebody's time, I think what you can offer is this sense that I'm here to learn. I want to soak up whatever you're willing to offer me. Here are some projects that I think I could really help with. Here's where I'm excelling in school. Students bring this incredible flexibility. And if you are one of those keener students like I was, like Liz was, then you are absolutely in a position to provide some value, which is kind of, I'll do many different things I want to learn. So do not underestimate the value that you can bring to people. And when you think about offering them, I would go back and say, what am I really good at in school? When it comes to a group project, are you the person who ties all the pieces together? Are you a really good writer? Are you somebody that is a phenomenal researcher and you like to dig deep into specific topics? Are you into content creation? I don't want you to undersell the skills that you have and neglect that your ability to learn and process information is at a high when you are a student. As somebody who has been out of the traditional school environment for many years, I can get stuck in my old ways of thinking. I can get stuck in patterns of we do these things because it's how we've always done them. 
And so having somebody who is a little bit fresher, having somebody learning new things, you can bring to the table, I'm up to date on X, Y, and Z in my industry. Or here's what I know are the best practices in 2021. When I was a teacher, I finished teacher education in 2010. So best practices are probably different than they were 10 years ago. And I imagine that whatever industry you're in, the fact that you're on top of it is absolutely an entry point. Long story long, to answer your question about how you can help these people who are kind enough to take time out of their day to help you, what you can offer back to them is to say, here's what I'm trying to learn for our industry. Or here is what I am learning. And I think by having a conversation with you, I want to be able to share. And what you're offering might be the fact that you are a sponge for information and that you are willing to absorb anything they throw at you. Many businesses want an opportunity to be a leader, be a mentor, and to help people. So do not underestimate what you can provide and keep asking. That's the biggest piece. You might get some no's, you might get some silence. Go find your no's so that you can find your yes. Great question, Ella. Thank you so much for submitting that to us. Please keep sending your questions our way. You can submit them via the website, theamandawagner.com. There's a contact form on there to send your questions, but you can also send them via the Instagram DMs. That is at theamandawagner. Thank you for listening to us today. We would love to hear what is it about envy or jealousy that makes you afraid? What are you most afraid of? By sharing it within our community, we can normalize this feeling. I do not think the jealous people of the world like myself will ever fully get over it. But if we can figure out the root cause, it can stop holding us back from doing what we want. If you are finding yourself comparing yourself or feeling down on yourself, it's time to start figuring out what you want and finding ways to ask for more. I love working with people who know they are meant for something more. Check out theamandawagner.com slash claim your spotlight to sign up for a free workshop and I will help you figure out what happens next. And if you are curious about social media or how to make your social media accounts better or share your story online, I'm your girl. Connect with me on Instagram at Liz Pittman or visit LizPittman.com. Thank you for joining us again as we revisit professional envy and don't ask, don't get. I would love to see some of the ways that you are asking. And of course, I want to see you celebrate. So stay tuned on our Instagram at the Amanda Wagner. You are absolutely going to see some opportunities to toot your tires. We will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. And until then, we will see you on the internet. When was the last time you washed your hair? Not a clue. Oh. No idea the last time I washed my Congratulations. hair. Congratulations. Finally, I finally brushed it last night Ooh. for the first time in... Good. It looks good. It's doing its job. I'll watch it this weekend.